what if I told you there is a miracle plant that is super nutritious, easy to grow, you can consume nearly every single part of it, it can, can purify water, would you be interested? Well, stay tuned, and we're going to tell you all about this plant. It's a tree of life. Welcome to the Southern Homestead Podcast. I'm Barbie. And I'm Chuck. And join us as we discuss all things homesteading in Zones 9A and B. We usually say in the South, but that could be anywhere. Well, not anywhere. It could be different parts of the country. Yep. Today we're going to talk about Moringa, also known as the Tree of Life, and why you should be growing this miracle plant. We're going to cover a couple of things. First, the benefits of this plant, where you can grow the plant, what you need to know about growing from seed, how to propagate from cuttings, and finally, how to consume Moringa. I like the last part the best, consuming it. It's one of my secret ingredients in my hot sauce. That's why nobody can exactly replicate my hot sauce, because you got to grow Moringa. This is true. (laughs) Well, you could buy powdered Moringa, but it's not the same as fresh. So Moringa is a miracle plant, and this wonderful plant has been around for thousands of years. It's actually native from northern India, so it likes tropical and subtropical climates. Um, Luckily here in central Florida, zones 9A and B, we are considered subtropical. We just learned Mm -hmm. that in our master gardening class. Yes. Miami is considered tropical and northern Florida is considered, what was northern Florida considered? Temperate. I don't remember. I think it was temperate. Yeah, I think it was temperate. But the good news is, you know, you're probably thinking, well, Chuck, I don't live in Central Florida. I live in Boise, Idaho. I live in Dayton, Ohio. I Not a problem, in... as long as you control the temperature. There you go. That's it. You, you can take steps to mitigate the freezing temperature so it doesn't get below 60 degrees, and you can still grow this plant. Mm-hmm. And you really do want to grow this plant. And the reason you want to grow this plant is because I've witnessed firsthand, number one, how this thing is nearly indestructible yes kind of short story real quick i like growing them from seeds and i had a couple growing and i had them out in the front porch and they were i had one plant that was probably about four feet tall yeah it was doing really well yeah and we had ordered you know we live in the country so we order everything through amazon including dog food Mm -hmm. and i brought some dog food up from the front gate and set it down on the porch and i guess i didn't set it down exactly level and it kind of fell over and it snapped that four foot moringa tree yep and i was mad i was ticked off and i literally picked up the tree stuck it in the pot i was so mad and i just thinking i'll take care of it later and i carried the uh the tree i mean not the tree but the dog food inside and promptly forgot about it yep (laughs) and guess what it never died it just grew on. And then yeah, I had, re-rooted. It re-rooted. I had to. So it is like a nearly indestructible plant. So if you're new with the gardening and you get easily frustrated because you kill plants easily, learn how to grow moringas because they are very good for beginners. Mm-hmm. And another good thing about them is they grow really, really fast. Because there's a lot of plants that, for example, we have some fruit trees that we purchased three or four years ago. And they're, they grow really slow. They, I mean, literally in one season, they grow like 
two inches. If that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the moringas, it is not unusual for those things to grow between, I'd say, between and, one, and so typically in one season, it can grow between 10 and 25 or 30 feet. Yeah. Because I cut, we cut ours back to the ground every winter. Well, we leave ours outside, so they they kind of die off after we harvest. We harvest what we want to harvest from them, and then they kind of die off. Yeah, I cut them a couple inches but above the ground. But they come the back the next year. Yeah, I cut them a couple inches above ground, and then I cover that up with mulch to protect it from the two or three freezing days a year that we have. And then by the end In of the southern growing Florida, season... In Florida, though, they can get pretty big. Oh, yeah. And by the end of the growing season... They are easily thirty feet tall. Mm-hmm. So each year they grow thirty feet tall. So it's, it's, so you can literally, when they hit the growing spell, when you walk down and you check on, well, not down there. For us, it's down there. Where are you growing it on your property? But uh, when you go out and look at it every day, you can literally see, oh my god, it's grown that much in just one day. So it gives you that that instant gratification. So it's nearly indestructible and gives you instant gratification because it grows super fast in the growing season. So like I said, it's nearly the most perfect plant for new beginners. Yeah, and it's it's called the tree of life or a miracle plant for for several reasons, but mainly because of the health benefits that it has. Um, this plant in one leaf, you know, one group of leaves when you take it off, has seven times more vitamin C than oranges. It has four times more vitamin A than carrots, four times more calcium than milk, and three times more potassium than bananas. So... There's a big, powerful punch in those little leaves. Um, and I, I believe we heard or read somewhere when we were learning about Moringa that they actually grow it in third world countries that have warmer climates in order to provide healthy food. Right. And Barbie mentioned consuming the leaves, but you can consume the bark. Yes. You can consume the seed pods. The roots. You can see you can eat the, you can consume the roots. Every mm-hmm. part of this plant is edible. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing about it. And it grows so fast and and so it's a, it's an it's an easily almost a repeatable resource, but uh, it's not that's not the word I was looking for. It's a resource that's it's constantly there. There was actually a um when I was doing the research for this podcast, there's actually a study that came out in 2014 in the Journal of Food Science and Technology, and it found that consuming just one and a half teaspoons of moringa powder every day for three months significantly increased the antioxidant levels within the blood. Now, moringa leaves are 25% protein, and they contain all nine essential amino acids. Mm-hmm. So it's a great source for fiber and plant-based iron. So it's, it's a really good plant to have yeah it really is there's also a, it has an ORAC value that's O-R-A-C of 157,000 now I actually had to go look that up because I didn't know what O-R-A-C was because you know I'm, I'm still new to the whole thing I just know this thing gross so O-R-A-C stands for oxygen radical absorbance capacity it's a scientific test that measures the total antioxidant capacity of a, of a plant and they test different types of plants, and they give it a rating. They put it, a sample of it in a test tube, and then the molecules generate free radical activity, and it can interact with other molecules that are vulnerable to oxidation. So the higher the number, the better mm. the plant. Right. What, what kind of plants have 
good numbers, I guess. Okay, so everybody knows blueberries, right? Blueberries are really good antioxidant. And, and there's actually a difference between store-bought blueberries and wild blueberries. So the, a store-bought blueberry has a ORAC or RAC value of 4,669. Hmm. Wild blueberries has an ORAC value of 9,600. So it's almost double. Wow. Almost double. If you wild, just just kind of shows you because, you know, they're, you know, we try to. Nature has it right. She, she absolutely <laughs> does have it right. And then we humans mess it up. But here's the thing Moringa has an ORAC value of 157,000. It's how much better than it is than, 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 uh, than blueberries. So Moringa has science, also been scientifically proven to be able to clarify water. So you mentioned third world countries, and yeah. it's an easy plant to grow to help people feed people, but it can also clarify water. So it's also that's why so many survivalists love the moringa plant, right? Because you can consume all of it; it grows really fast, and you can clarify water. How does it clarify the water? So there was a another Chuck did some more research. <laughs> I, I I always call Barbie my research queen, but this time Chuck was the research king. And so there was a published paper in the in the uh, the Journal of Current Protocols in Microbiology done by Michael Lay. And he did a study, and he titled Safe Water International. And it showed that basically Moringa seeds reduce the muddiness in water by up to, ready for this, between 80 and 99.5% and wow. cut the bacteria by as much as 99%. Wow. So you don't need a super expensive Berkey like like we have sitting on the thing. Just plant some Moringa. Just plant some Moringa. keep the seeds. Yeah, exactly. So growing Moringa, you do have options, right? So you can grow them from seed. You can grow them from cuttings. Um, you can you can buy them, pre, you know, already started somewhere. That's how we actually got into it initially. Yeah, our we, first one we bought from Land of Delight. Land of Delight. Yeah, City. exactly. Because they had them growing like shrubs. Um, I like doing them from seeds personally, but you know that's just me. And when you do them from seeds, just make sure you buy them from a reputable source. And when I say that is because when you buy seeds, especially offline, is you know, everybody and a brother can have an Amazon account. So you want to make sure you get good seeds. So when you get the seeds, um, and also make sure you get organic, right? So mm-hmm. what you do is when you when you go to plant them, you're going to find that you have about an 80% germination rate. Germination means when you when you start the seed, 80% of them will grow. Will grow, exactly. Sorry about that. I had a hiccup. And... I don't know. I can't. I don't have enough knowledge to compare that to other seeds because I've never paid attention to other seeds we've started. But to me, eighty percent seems kind of high. Yeah, I mean, just from planting seeds in in the garden, um, when I do seed starting, eighty percent is pretty good. Right. So when you start them from seed, what we like to do, and I watched you know, many YouTube videos, and there's a couple of different methods, but the method that really seems to work for us is. We have a whole bunch of these containers floating around the house. And they're containers from like the salads that we buy from Wendy's. Wendy's, Wendy's yeah. and stuff. So there's a two-part container. The bottom part is black and the top part is clear. It doesn't really matter if they're clear or, or what color because you're putting them in a dark area anyway. Even some of the containers you get from the grocery store in the salad section you could use. A- absolutely. Matter of fact, I was just thinking today, tonight while we were on that Zoom call, I was thinking... I'm sitting there eating the chocolate-covered almonds, and I mm-hmm. looked at the container. I was like, hey, that's oh, a yeah. perfect moringa one because it's Definitely. tall. It's tall, mm-hmm. right? That's a, that's one of the drawbacks of using the salad ones. They're not as tall. Um, so what you basically do is you take one of those, 
you get out a wet paper towel. You make sure when you make sure that you, when you wet it that it's I don't know how to describe this. You want it, you don't want it barely wet, and you don't want it so wet that it drips. But you want it so it's wet. Yes. If that makes sense. Um, you don't want to wring it out. No, no, you don't want. But you it don't want it sitting in water either, because then it could mold. Right. So what I do is I typically get two pieces of paper towel. I wet both of them. Well, actually, I went wet the first one, and then I put my seeds on top of that wet paper towel and I spread them out. Now, in a seed, not seed container, but a salad container, I can have. I've had up to about twenty seeds mm-hmm. in one of those. And, and we that, do this inside, so the it's in a controlled environment yes yeah you'll explain it here in just a second absolutely and then i wet the second paper towel i put that on top of it and then i put the lid on it because they like a really humid kind of environment mm-hmm. which is another reason why they make it really good for florida yeah. so then once you got that sealed off you put that in a dark place right so what i do in our house is i put it on top of the refrigerator and slide it towards the back because we have a shelf because we have a shelf that covers yeah. it up right and and the reason it's got to be dark is because if you put it like on a windowsill, the sun could actually dry up the moisture. So it's going to be in a dark place. And you leave it there. Um, you know, the videos I watch, they say seven days. But, you know, it's, it's one to two weeks. Mm-hmm. The longer you let it go, the the taller the, the ceilings will be when you go to transplant them. Um, but that you could run into an issue if you let them go too long, if you have a if you're using the salad container, is they're not tall enough. Right. And then it hits that top, and then they start kind of bending over. So seven to ten days, depending on the size of your thing. And you can experiment with them because you can buy a package of 100 Moringa seeds for eight bucks. Mm-hmm. I bought our Moringa seeds three seasons ago, and I still have seeds that yes. I haven't started yet. So the Moringa alifera, which is the most common one that people know about, is the ones that we're growing right now. And they, they're, they're tall, and they're... Uh, what's a good word for it? They're, they're very lanky. Lanky, yes, exactly. They're not a. They're it's not, like a single main stalk that goes up, and then the shoots come right. off of it. It's not like a filled out bush, like a cranberry hibiscus. No. If you let a cranberry hibiscus go, it will it will grow into about four feet tall and about eight feet wide, a big huge bush. The the alifera plant will grow tall and lanky, but there is another variant of the moringa. That I bought the seeds for. I just haven't. This season I'm trying them. Yes. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. It's not supposed to grow as tall as the alifera. It's more bush Exactly. And it's supposed to bush out more. Yeah. So I want to try that because if you have the alifera, you can make it bush out. Mm-hmm. So once they start growing and it gets to whatever height that you want it at, say four feet or five feet or six feet, you, you cut the it. top. Exactly. You cut the top of it and then it forces the lower branches to push out so that's that's how land of delay did the place that we bought our mm-hmm. original moringa plants from so what do you do after those seedlings come up two things it depends on on what i've got going on at the time um if there's open spots in our aquaponics i'll put it in there but a lot of people don't have aquaponics systems right i like the aquaponics because it's it makes them almost maintenance free because you don't have to water them and we said earlier about how it likes to clarify water Mm-hmm. So it helps the aquaponics system stay clean. But you can also put them in just a regular flower pot like you do any other seed. Just like like with any other plant, when you first transplant it, don't put it out in direct sunlight because right. you will kill it. <laughs> it's got to be in... No, you have to harden it off. Harden it off, yeah. It's got to be in like, what my life likes to say, dappled light. <laughs> yeah, you got to harden it off. And then, so typically what we'll do is we'll put it like, for example, on the back porch. We have a, 
I don't know what you would call that thing. That square thing that's got the... It's not a canopy. What is it? The, the table's under it. It's kind of a canopy. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a gazebo, but it's yeah, made out of fabric, but not... A fabric gazebo. It's the kind you see in a big box store when you're walking around and... And you, they got them moving the outside modular, outside modular furniture. I'm thinking work now. <laughs> the outside patio stuff, right? Yeah. The gardening stuff. So they always have that four-post kind it's of a like gazebo. gazebo kind of thing with the fabric. Stuff. That's what it is. So we'll put it out there and we'll let it sit there for you know a week or two to harden off. And then you'll move it out to where you're going to finally place it. But you can also do it from cuttings. Mm-hmm. And we've had good success with that. Yes, we I have. I mean, the one you um, that you broke. Yeah, that's a per- that per- perfect example. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm struggling with, and I've been growing moringas now for three years. I have a buddy of mine um, on the Zello channel. Hi, PA, if you're listening. <laughs> I don't know if he listens or not. Um, he keeps saying to me, Chuck, send me 10 pounds of moringa powder. I'm like, yeah, I don't have that many moringas yet. <laughs> um, because I do grow them, but I haven't really focused on growing them as a crop. I'm still kind of playing and experimenting and stuff like that. But So I'm still, when it comes from cuttings, so I've experimented different different ways. You know, I've experimented when I cut them. I've tried different lengths. I've tried cutting them when the diameters were different sizes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And to me, it seems like the the thicker in diameter, the better chance, the more energy it has to yeah. grow into a thing. But if you grow, if you so, and it seems it seems to me about one inch is the sweet spot. But it also has to be not only just one inch. It needs to be kind of long. Yeah. Now, it's not, initially, mine, are, I'm cutting them at one inch, and they're probably about a foot, a foot and a half long, and I'm putting them down pretty down. And, if, and the floor's got sandy soil. Sandy soil loves to drain water. Mm-hmm. Moringas like that, but they also like wet soil, too. So it doesn't seem to be quite long enough. Now, I did find a, an article that said, that, yes, it needs to be a one inch, they should also be six feet long. Hmm. So that's, I'm going to try that in the next batch. The ones yeah. we got down there now. But that even the cut. ones that have been like two or three feet out, which, I mean, they are longer because you're putting, you're having to bury part of it. So even those have come out. Not come all back, of them. Not all of them, though. They Because the, down in the, in the garden area, we did that whole triangle thing with the moringas. Yeah. And of the ones that I put in the ground... Only two or three of them actually grew. Most of them died. I've noticed, though, that sometimes they don't come out the first year. But if you leave it there, the next year you'll start getting yes, sprouts. Yes, but, but also, too, you can tell if it's not going to grow if, if after it's been in the ground for a, a significant time. And, and by significant time, I mean six months, mm-hmm. eight months, nine months, something like that. If you go over and you just kind of grab the, the stem... Yeah. If it pulls out of the ground super easy, there's no roots. It is <laughs> it's dead. So I want to try that this year. So when we we have three or four down there that that are going on their third or fourth season now, so the roots form got to be really good. Mm-hmm. So when we cut those this year, I'm going to do them in six foot sections, mm-hmm. and I'm going to see if that if that helps them. And because up in our food forest area, we have I don't know six, eight, nine moringas up there that we transplant from this year, and they're all doing that. They're all literally about a foot, foot and a half tall. They're having a they're struggling. They are struggling, but they're green and they're growing. So, and I think that's part of because I didn't cut them six feet yeah. long. They were they were one inch in diameter, but they weren't six feet long. Yeah, right. So when you plant them, you really want to make sure that you have um, a nice size hole. So you want to make sure that hole is, you know, three feet wide by three feet deep. And and 
I, I was reading an article on transplanting plants and stuff, and it says, why do you go out and spend ten, fifteen dollars on a plant and then put it in a fifty cent hole? Right. <laughs> so what they mean by that is, don't just dig a hole and throw it in there. Make that hole nice and and inviting to roots. You mm-hmm. know. So when I dig, when you dig it, make sure that you take your shovel, or whatever, and you break up the ground and put some good planting soil, compost in there, and yeah, organic matter. Because especially here in Florida, because most of our soil is just sand. Right. So it needs that organic matter to help yep. hold in the moisture and covers the drainage part. Right. So, so you want, when you fill it up, you want to make sure that um, you go. You don't. Well, a lot of plants, or not a lot, but some plants, when you transplant them, you have to. You don't come all the way to the ground level. With this one, you actually have to go past the ground level and kind of make like a hill. Mm-hmm. Um, plant it high. Plant it high. Exactly right. So you want to plant it high, and then that helps with the whole the whole draining thing. And then you want to make sure, especially when you first plant it, that you. Yeah, so you want to water generously, but you don't want to make sure that that, that cutting is dr- is you know drowning in, in water. So it's best that the water doesn't actually touch the stem of a new tree. So you want to kind of water it around it. So the last thing we're going to talk about is how to consume moringa. Um, like Chuck mentioned, every part of the moringa tree is edible. The leaves, the pods, the seeds, flowers, even the roots. Um, most commonly, I think you're going to find it if, if you find it like in a store or something like that or online, it's going to be in a powdered form. Um, and that powdered form, you can use that, you know, to add to smoothies, dips, lattes, things like that. Um, we do pick them fresh and add them to salads. I've added them into soups and eggs. Yeah, we put them It's really eggs. good in eggs. Moringa has kind of a horseradish, peppery kind of taste. A milder, though. It's a lot milder. I've always described it as a peppery kind of yeah, taste, but horseradish of, makes sense, too. Yeah. Um, so it it adds a little bit of, of spice to whatever you're cooking. You can put it in sauces. I've added it to spaghetti sauce before. So this year we're trying something new. Um, we're doing more food storage this year, so I'm actually dehydrating them, and I haven't dehydrated any in the dehydrator yet but i have this hanging looks like a looks like a material castle yes <laughs> it's got like five or six levels inside it's got different it. levels and and they're kind of mesh so i went out and harvested a whole bunch and laid it out single first i cleaned it soaked it in water laid it out on paper towels let it dry and then moved it to the the dryer so that it can completely dehydrate Um, and after that then you just basically pull off the leaves from the stems and put them into some sort of container we have ours in a jar that's resealable so that we can use it in cooking i did find out a neat tip um, from someone i watch her name's melissa can't remember her last name right now but she does a a lot of herbs and, and dehydrating everything when you're dehydrating herbs and moringa, I would consider kind of an herb, you don't want to crush them immediately because that releases, when you crush it, it releases the essential oils that are in it. And that's where all the flavor comes from. So as I'm taking them off of the stems, I'm trying to leave the leaves, the little leaves whole. And then when we get ready to cook, they are dry, so I can just crumble them up in whatever soup or whatever dish we're using them in. 
another thing that a lot of people don't really know about is um, goats love moringa. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me how I know that. <laughs> yeah, we so, accidentally found that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have an area that we um, have electric fencing that we put up to rotate the pastures for the goats. And we, it, there's an area back by our moringas. And we had it separated. Yes. And evidently it's so good that they decided they'll accept getting zapped by the electric fencing to eat some of that nutritious Pulled it moringa. right over to the ground. <laughs> And that the one they pulled over the ground is still growing. Yes, it is. It's still growing. So it's also it's, you can feed it to your chickens. You can feed it to ducks, mm-hmm. geese. You know, it's good for lots of things. So if you haven't tried the moringa plant, try it and then uh, shoot us an email. Let us know how it worked out for you. I think you can find in most of the places you're going to have a fun time growing it. And if you don't top them, you can actually collect seed. Your own seed from them because oh, yeah. at the if if you let a few of them go to seed, they they create these really long pods and then just let the pods dry and you can harvest the seed to plant your next batch. But they come back every year, so at least here in in zone nine. Right. Are we nine A? Nine A. Yeah, we're nine A. I used to say we're nine B, but we're actually nine A. And if you live up north, like I said, if, you know, but you're thinking, Chuck, because it doesn't like temperatures below 60 degrees. Mm-hmm. So if you're living in an area of the country that has those kind of temperatures, then, you know, grow them in, you know, like the 20-gallon the pots. The, so you can bring them inside. So you can bring them inside. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Uh, that way when it's cold outside. Or if you have the ability to put it in like a greenhouse or yes. put a cloth over it or something like that. If, you're, if, you, have, if you have winter and you're, you know, 30 below for months at a time. You're going to want to bring that thing in. It doesn't like below 60 degrees, but you can do it. I have friends who live up north that do grow moringa. They just, mm-hmm. they're not as successful as living in a subtropical or tropical climate. So I hope you learned a new plant to try. The like tree of life. The tree of life. So until next time, live your own story. Y'all come back now, you hear?